the cross. And in fact, I'd be willing to insist that the cross, if the cross is not the center of a church's message, then a congregation is a church in name only. It is the cross that provides the meaning and the message that we trust together as a church congregation. And as we have looked at the cross of these past few weeks and what it means to the Father and what it meant to the Son, we've looked at what it mean, meant to the, to the enemy. And we've looked at what it means to the world. Today I want us to think about what the church means, what the cross means to the church. And what it means when we cry out. Take me to the cross high up on a steeple. The passage that we read together just a few moments ago tells us everything we need to know about the cross and the church of Jesus Christ. You see, it tells us that the cross is the source of who we are as a church. It is how we define ourselves. It's where we seek our truth and our comfort and our strength and our hope. It is when we come to the cross that is represented by the church of Jesus Christ that we recognize this is where I need to be if I'm ever going to find God's truth for my life. See, the cross is the ultimate symbol of God's love and his grace poured out on his people. No wonder Galatians 6.14 declares, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. What does the Bible tell us that we are as a church? Well, it tells us that we begin at the cross. That's at the cross where everything finds its source. It's at the cross that everything begins, it's the source of our faith, it's the source of our confidence, it's the source of our hope. Everything that is authentically Christian begins and ends at the cross. So we find our identity in the cross, and that's what we need to always remember. We need to remember when somebody says, what is your church all about, that we say, well, let me show you. Look up on our steeple. Look inside our sanctuary. Look on our communion table. Look around this building and you will discover time after time after time we give witness and testimony to the fact that we are a people of the Christ who gave himself on the cross. That our hope is found in the one who died for us. And that apart from that, we really have no real identity because the cross is what God has given us to proclaim. You see, the cross of Christ is our central message. If someone asked me this morning to define our church, this is what I would say. We are a fellowship of faith bound together by our trust in Jesus, whose death on the cross opens the door to forgiveness, salvation, and eternal life. Boy, that's good, isn't it? I bet you couldn't do that well because I've had all week to think about it 
and I just threw it out to you. But let me remind you, that really is what we're all about. It is our central message. We are a gathering of people who are brought together, not because we're all the same, because we're all different. We're different ages, different backgrounds. We come from different professions. We lived in different families. We're at different points in our spiritual life. There are so many things that make us different. You know, today, if we wanted to get up and define, so what makes us different? Before long, we could divide up into about 20 different groups around the church and decide, well, I'm not like you, and I'm not like you, and you're not like me, and you haven't thought like I've thought, and you haven't experienced what I've experienced, and we are so different from one another. But if we ask the question, what is it that makes us all the same? The answer would be the fact that we are a people of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ that says the cross is central to everything we are and everything we believe. If someone asked you what this church believes, what would you tell them? We're a people of the gospel. The good news of God's salvation through his son. And every time that I stand behind this pulpit and every time we teach a Sunday school class and every time we gather as a youth group and every time we do anything together, we recognize we are brought together because we are a people of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe that your relationship with Jesus is not only the most important thing about you, it is the only essential thing about who you are and who we are and what we believe. We would tell people we are a people of the Word which tells the story of redemption from beginning to end. Just a little while ago, before the service began, Larry and I were talking, we're talking about the Sunday school class this morning and about the story of how Abraham was instructed go up and sacrifice his son and he thought his son his only son was going to have to be given away and I told Larry this I said you know I have always said if the Lord came to me and said there's one story that I, I will allow you to take one story out of the Bible what would you like to take out that's the story I would take out because I think about what it would be like if it were me in Abraham's place But then we also agreed this. But without that story, we wouldn't have the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ who gave himself on the cross of a father who sacrificed his son and did not stop until all was done. We are a people of the word. And the word from the book of Genesis through the book of Revelation says this. We're all about the lamb the perfect sacrifice, the one who gave his life for you and me. And we are a people of hope in the eternal life that Jesus provided through his sacrifice for you and me. We are a people of the cross. It's there that sins are forgiven. It's there that hearts are repentant. It's there that everlasting life begins but that's not just my testimony that's the testimony of the apostle paul 
Listen to what he said in the passage we read together just a few moments ago. He said, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. I love how Paul describes the dynamic of the gospel in his church. Look at what he says. He says, I preached. I stood before you and declared the eternal word, the absolute true message that God has given us. I poured out the truth. It is a dynamic. And one of the things that happens when I have the privilege of standing here is I get to stand here and I get to declare the truth. Not my truth, not even our truth, his truth. And he says, I preached it. And then he says, and you received it. That is, you made it part of who you are. One of the things we recognize is this. Repentance and faith are, are necessary to receive the gospel. I love that he says, I preached it. And he doesn't say, I preached it and you heard it. You'd think that's what he would say. He said, I preached it and you received it. You reached out and took it into your own soul. I preached it, and the Lord pierced your heart, and you recognized, I have got to do something about the sin in my life. I am so far separated from God. And the Lord began to deal with your heart, and you received the word as the Holy Spirit pierced you and led you to an everlasting change. And then he says this, I preached it, you received it. And then he goes on and he says, in which you stand. It is your salvation. It is the foundation of your faith. Often I and you and so many others have said them something like this. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. And it is. It is a place where everyone can come and where there's nobody who is excluded and anyone who will find their way to a personal faith in Jesus who gave his life on that cross is welcome to that place. The ground is level. But there's something else I want you to know this morning. And the ground is firm at the foot of the cross. It is the place where you can take your stand. And it will never fail you. Our hope is in the unmovable message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what is this unmovable gospel well Paul's not done yet he continues on and he says here's the central message that every true church embraces and he ticks it off step by step he says I deliver to you first of all that which I received and then what does he say Christ died for our sins the first thing he was buried he rose on the third day 
We are his witnesses. What a powerful message. It's all we really need to hear, isn't it? It's all the church needs to embrace. embrace. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose on the third day. I'm a witness. I'm a witness to what God can do in a life that surrenders to the cross of Jesus Christ. Because you see, the cross of Christ is the source of our true identity. Who are you? Who are you really? Not because of where you may happen to work, not because of where you may happen to live, not because of what you may happen to do with your time. Who are you? Who are you really? The cross tells you who you are. Whether there's a steeple in the church or not, whether we have a cross like ours in the sanctuary or not, our identity as a church is simple to describe. Each of us and all of us belong to Christ because we are sinners saved by grace. Who are you really? I am a sinner saved by grace. That's all you really need to know about me. It's not about what I believe. It's not what, about what I think. It's not about what I accomplish. I am a sinner saved by grace. And the grace was poured out, the cross of Jesus Christ. No wonder it belongs in the center of everything. When the cross of the crucified and risen Lord is our central message, then the Lord is honored. And if anything else ever takes its place, whether it's in a church or a denomination or a life, we lose our way. It can become so easy to be distracted by lesser things. It amazes me sometimes how we can allow ourselves to get involved in all sorts of kinds of theological debates and disagreements and challenges and they distract our eyes from the only thing that really matters that's why we have to know what makes us what we are and the Bible tells us clearly Romans 5 the Bible says this for when we will still without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him what is Romans telling us it is saying that's the central message that's the central reality that's all that matters the most keep your focus on the focus Make the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is the Christ who gave himself and rose again and opened the door for everlasting life. We find our identity in the cross before anything else. We find our identity in the cross before any kind of experience. We find our identity in the cross before any kind of conviction. We find our identity in the cross before any opinion. I love what Henry Blackaby wrote. He said this, 
Many of us want great revival in our lives and in our churches. We want to have an experience like Pentecost. But we want it without the cross. It can't happen that way. The cross always precedes Pentecost. Before anything else, the cross. And that is why the church finds its hope in the cross we have to know Christ suffered and died we need to know he poured out his life as a perfect sacrifice but the cross is not where the gospel ends it is where our hope begins too many times we think if we respond to the message of the cross that Christ died for me that I can surrender my heart to him that he will give me forgiveness and everlasting life and if we're not careful we begin to say so that really is the beginning and the end of my spiritual experience but that's not what the Bible says at all the Bible says that's just the beginning place of walking with the Lord Listen to what the Bible says. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Why did Jesus endure the cross? We have to see what it says. It doesn't say he endured the cross because he recognized that that would finally settle the sin issue. He endured the cross because he knew only he could go to that place. What does Hebrew say? Hebrew says he endured the cross for the joy set before him. Recognizing this is only the beginning. Recognizing even as he drew his last breath and was buried in a tomb and rose from the dead, that was not the end. It was the beginning, the beginning of his church. It all starts right there. And he recognized the joy is that because of what I have done, now thousands and millions and uncounted souls will share eternity with me in heaven and it is that joy that makes it worth the price the promise made the sacrifice worth it all why do we plant our faith in the cross because that is where we turn for hope because of that we recognize it's just the beginning listen I'm so glad that so many in this room know Jesus Christ as Savior. I'm glad for what you've experienced in him. I'm glad that he has been there and shown himself sufficient in those great times of need, that he's revealed himself to you in times that changed your heart forever. I'm so glad. But understand this, it's just beginning. And God's plan for his church is not that I, the church endures till the end of the world, but that the church endures and then it's transplanted into heaven where all of those who name the name of Jesus will worship at the feet of the Father. I was looking at our choir this morning when our young people joined and all this group were up here and these children are up here. And I thought to myself, I think there's more folks up there than there are down here. 
I'm glad we doubled the size of the crowd when you all came down. But that's just the beginning of what it will be like on that day when through the cross we stand before the Savior and join a choir. And yes, all of us are going to be able to sing. And we will glorify our Father in heaven. That's our hope. Hope found in Christ for eternal life. No wonder Paul said, and we are the witnesses. Because people need to know that's what's in store for all of those who trust him and repent of their sin and turn to Christ for hope and receive everlasting life. So I guess my question is, so what about you? Are you part of that crowd? Are you anticipating being part of that multitude that someday will gather around the throne? You are if you've given your life to Christ Jesus. If you've invited him to forgive you of your sins and to grant you everlasting life. So I guess my question this morning is, is that you? Have you done that in your own life and in your own soul? If not, in just a moment when we sing our invitation hymn, this is your opportunity. Today is the day when you can come walk down these aisles, meet me this aisle, meet me here, and I'll be glad to greet you and introduce you to the one who died for you and rose for you and gives you hope for everlasting life. Maybe you're here today and God's calling you to be part of this church because that's the kind of church you want to be a part of. You want to be a member of a place where Jesus Christ is honored and the cross is lifted up. Maybe there's another decision that you need to make. We're going to stand, we're going to sing. As God speaks to you, you come. Let's stand together. Let's sing.
been a good day in God's house. We recognize that we are that sanctuary of people gathered together because of the cross. We're going to bow together, have our closing prayer, and then one final song as we close the service. Father, we do pray, thanking you, that we do look up on the cross, look at the cross high up on that steeple, and recognize, Lord, everything we have and everything we are and everything that matters is found in that place. So bless us, Father, as we go from here. Help us to go as a people of the cross. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Stop.